What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelations with me, Alex Rudinger. And to start things off today, I just want to apologize for taking so incredibly long since my last podcast episode. Um, I knew I was going to take a bit of time off from it because, you know, shortly after I posted the last episode, I was leaving to do the Whitechapel album. And uh, so I knew, you know, I was going to be gone for a few weeks with that. But then I got home basically just in time for the holidays and was doing all that. Um, and then it was New Year's. And then I kind of just got sidetracked. So uh, then I was like, holy shit, it's been a while. I had a couple people email me and be like, hey, are you still doing the podcast? And I was like, yeah. And then I, that's what made me realize <laughs> that it had been like a month. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. It was never my intention to do them this spaced apart. I wanted to do them more frequently and still plan to. So at any rate, um, I've had quite a lot happen in the last month or so. And by the way, the last episode I posted was uh, the interview with Dirk Viburen. Uh, it was more of a conversation than an interview, really. Um, it was really just him and I chatting, and it was... Uh, really lovely. I enjoyed it very much, so I hope you guys did too. And I definitely plan on uh, doing more of those. Um, I have a few people in mind specifically that I want to do. Uh, I also, I have an idea of, of uh, I want to do an episode with um, one of my longtime friends from Frederick, um, Alec Ahern, who I don't expect any of you to know who that is. He's just somebody I grew up with. I went to middle school and high school with him and uh, we got even tighter after high school and we don't really hang out all too much anymore um, as adults. I mean, my whole Frederick group is kind of, uh, you know, dispersing or, you know, everyone's either getting busy, they'd have full-time jobs or girlfriends or wives and um, a couple of them have moved away and Oftentimes, you know, I missed out on a lot of stuff over the years um, because of being on tour and that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, no matter what, I'll always have mad love for them. Um, fun fact, I actually have a friendship tattoo on my left foot, on the top of my foot. So no one's ever really seen it, but um, it's a tattoo that all of us have. It's like a group of 10 people. Um, so, yeah, they're they're my brothers, but I thought it would be cool to have like a, a longtime friend of mine on that is not from the music industry that kind of knew me before I was doing all that. Um, and also Alec is just incredibly intelligent and funny and he cracks me the fuck up every time I talk to him. So I asked him about it a while ago and he said he was totally down. So that's one I definitely want to do. And then of course I also uh, have a bunch of other music people um, in mind as well. So that's all to come. Uh, at any rate, what the hell was I talking about? Yeah, I've had a lot happen. Um, I hope you guys dug that last episode with Dirk. Uh, and then pretty much a day or two after I posted that, I went to Tennessee to track drums for the new Whitechapel album. And, uh, that was incredibly rad. I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, I went down... Initially, I went to Mark Lewis's home, which is also where his studio is, and we spent a couple days in his studio testing out drums. To be totally honest, I was pulling out my pulling out my hair by the end of it. I I wanted to. I'm kind of the type of person that like when I get to the studio, I want to spend like a day max getting sounds and levels. 
<laughs> because I just want to start drumming. Um, but we spent like two full days in Mark's room just getting sounds and testing out different drums and that sort of thing. And then uh, after the two days there, we went to the actual studio that we were tracking at. Uh, we tracked at Addiction Sound Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a studio owned by uh, the keyboardist from the band Journey. And it was one of my favorite live rooms I've ever tracked in. I think I would say it's pretty much tied for my favorite. Uh, my other favorite being Middle Farm Studios in Devon, England, where we did both of the Good Tiger albums, um, at least the drums for the Good Tiger albums. Uh, the first time, the first album, we did just the drums there. And the second album, we did everything there. Um, that is a phenomenal live room. Periphery's done a couple of their albums there, and Nolly has used that room a whole bunch for stuff. Um, and it's got like such a cool vibe. It's it's in an area called Devon, which is basically just the middle of nowhere in England. It's farmland, you know, and uh, you're kind of out in the middle of the hills, surrounded by fields of like cattle, and um, you're at this old old English house and. It's just a really unique vibe and environment in general. And then on top of that, the actual studio is mind-blowing and the, the live room is this huge old barn kind of thing and it sounds incredible. And yeah, so that um, is a phenomenal room, but I would say that Addiction Sound tied it for being one of my favorite live rooms I've ever tracked in. It was one of those rooms where it just felt pleasing to even hit drums in so after we finished up at marks we went there and uh spent another two full days getting sounds and levels and uh it was really mark and i and we had a drum tech as well who did a lot um he kind of you know it was actually really nice i had never really had this before um but mark wanted to have a, a tech and you know, every other album I've ever done, I I did everything tuning wise, and uh, you know, like the Intronaut album, I changed all the heads between every couple songs, and you know, tuned everything, and uh, and I don't mind doing it, but it was really nice to have uh, have someone come in that is like a professional. He works in Nashville, super great ear for tuning, and he would basically sit down and tune everything, and I don't know, it was just nice because you know, like say you finish a couple songs and, you know, we were on a bit of a, we, we took so long getting sounds, uh, which Mark didn't want to start until everything was totally perfect, but we spent so long getting drum sounds that by the time we started, we had to do more each day than we had originally planned. So they were long days, you know, um, and the material is difficult too. And we didn't use any, no kick trigger. Um, I did have to, you know, at, at some of the tempos of the faster songs, I can't kick that hard at like, you know, 220 BPM for that long. So for parts like that, we would have to record like the first half of the double bass part with me like slamming it until I basically would go to failure and then punch in wherever I, you know, uh, needed to go from to complete the part. But we did that kind of thing if we had to instead of using any kind of trigger. So... Um, Mark is not mixing the album, however, so, uh, you know, whoever is mixing it, there's still a chance that they might choose to blend in samples, but, uh, you know, they certainly don't need to. I mean, between Mark and I, 
it is incredible. It's the best natural sounding album I've ever done. It was it was honestly like a massive personal achievement uh, personal achievement for me to be able to play that kind of music, you know, more heavy, extreme metal, like with double bass and blast beats and uh, particularly like faster double bass at some of those tempos and not use any trigger, you know? Um, I mean, I've always, you know, preferred playing with just the natural kick, but, you know, for some, I mean, God, there are some parts in Whitechapel songs, you know, especially because I'm not a double stroke player with my feet that... Um, the old drummer Ben was a double stroke player and all the parts he wrote, just insane double bass. And it's completely <laughs> unrealistic, honestly, to think that you could ever do it without a trigger. So to, so to write parts that were, you know, close to his tech and fast and, and be able to do it without was a massive achievement for me. Um, although I go back and forth, you know, I kind of argued with Mark at one point and I was like, yeah, but like, it is all natural, but you know, I couldn't literally do it without you know i was kicking so hard that i would run out of breath literally you know and and i mean i knew that going in the way i rehearsed everything here at home like i knew i wasn't going to be able to one take everything or, or do full takes of each song a couple times and then comp them together i knew that you know if they were insistent on me mark was insistent on me um doing all natural kick and playing on a 24 and i was like dude there's no way I can do this fast ass double bass at like 220, you know, or whatever tempo on a 24 inch totally loose kick head in kick super hard for that long. And uh, so to me, like, because I had to do more punch ins to get the takes, it's like, I don't know. It just seems to me like it's, how is it any different? <laughs> Than, than if you just used a kick trigger and hit a little bit lighter, you know, it's still, it's still not totally natural in the sense that like, it's not humanly physically possible really, you know, it is if you do it in pieces, like we did it. Um, but without that way of doing it, it would be impossible to kick that hard at those speeds. So I don't know, man, but regardless, it still feels like an achievement because, you know, I, I don't really know many technical metal albums um, not that this album is completely technical metal. There's a lot of very uh, mellow parts as well. Um, but there are not a lot of that, you know, for the more technical songs, there's not a lot of bands that do stuff like that, that do a natural kick and have it actually be totally natural on the finished album. So hopefully the mixing engineer doesn't blend any samples because God knows we spent a lot of time tracking and also uh, you know, just getting the drum sounds. I mean, we spent so goddamn much time making sure everything sounded sick. And, uh, anyway, going back to that, I got hella off topic, but, um, the drum tech, you know, it was nice because after, you know, having two songs and I'm exhausted and I need to take a break before we keep going, you know, I could actually go eat food or take a break. And this other guy would go in and just change all the drum heads and, tune them up, at least get them close. And, and then I could come in the room and hit them with him. But the bulk of the work, you know, I didn't have to do the physical drum head changing myself. And I was actually really uh, thankful for that um, just because of how crammed and long the days were. Um, but yeah, we tried, man, I, I don't even know like how many, we didn't try that many snares. That's one thing we didn't try that many of oddly. 
we had my I, I brought like five or six of my snares. I was actually <laughs> I was freaking the hell out uh, the day I was driving to Tennessee because I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure my car is heavier than it's ever been. And then I Googled like the maximum weight for a Honda Element and, and it was like 600 pounds. And I was like, dude, my hardware case alone is like 250, 300 pounds. Like, so I was like freaking out. I was just like, holy shit, dude, I'm pretty sure my car is like way overweight. Um, but yeah, I had so much, I've, I can't even believe I fit all of that in my car. Shout out to Honda for making a car that can store a metric ton of shit in it. Um, but I brought five or six snares. We tried all of them at Mark's. By the time we went to the actual studio addiction sound, um, we had decided it was going to come down to my Tama reissue bell brass, my Tama John Tempesta signature snare, um, which is goddamn such a great snare, especially for the price. If you guys want a drum that is rad as hell, but isn't quite as much price wise as like a bell brass, I highly recommend the John Tempesta. Um, it's a 14 by 7, 2 mil brass shell. Man, that is a quality drum right there, baby. Uh, anyway, it was those two. And then Mark has an OG, original gangsta uh, bell brass from like the late 90s. And um, we tried that. And I kind of got the vibe that Mark like wanted to use that one, <laughs> like no matter how it sounded versus the others. But... In truth, it sounded sick, and I was kind of down to use it just because I wanted to use, like, an original bell brass on an album. Um, so we used that, and it sounded great. Um, Drum-wise, we tried four or five different kick drums. I was praying that, you know, Mark would end up really liking one of my 22s um, or something just because it would have been easier on some of the faster stuff. But we ended up using... Uh, his bass drum, which was a Gretsch 24, 24 by 14, uh, and it sounded incredible. And to anyone wondering, you know, I, I didn't post a whole lot of content from the recording uh, because I wasn't using all the brands I endorse. And uh, before you get all like crazy on me, you know, I wanted to use my own stuff, but it was totally out of my control. And you know, part of the bummer of that to me is that I, I get it, you know, uh, engineers and producers want to use whatever sounds best, but at the same time, it's like, dude, if they insist on me using brands that I don't endorse, it's like, I'm not going to post about it because either I would get in trouble with the companies that I endorse, or it's just kind of messed up to do, you know? And I'm not about that. Like those companies fucking Tama takes good care of me and they make sick shit, you know? So there was no reason in my opinion, not to use the gear that I endorse, but uh, you know, I love Mark to death, but Mark, if you ever hear this, you know, I love you, but you are very opinionated. And in the end, you know, sure. It sounded great. I think all the drums we used, uh, suited that album and that sound perfectly. Um, but it bums me out that I, I can't be more open about it without, you know, upsetting the companies I endorse. So the only reason I'm saying it here is because if you're listening to this, you're listening to me explain it and you'll understand that like drum selection or cymbal selection on an album like that, you know, particularly with this album, you know, I'm, I, I was essentially a hired gun for this album, you know, like I'm, I'm still not technically a full-time member of Whitechapel. I guess I am kind of their guy. And, uh, but, but, you know, the way we do it, and the way I'm paid and everything, it's all like, 
you know, a a set rate in advance. And uh, with that in mind, it's like if I am a hired gun for an album, I don't really, you know, I'm not in a position to be like, no, I don't want to use this. I want to use that, you know, and I, I can't do that. You know, I'm working basically it's a job and I'm working for a band. Granted, it's a little bit more than a job for me because I'm very passionate about what I do and I got mad love for everybody in Whitechapel. But I'm I'm not really in that kind of a position, you know, to be like too damn bad. I'm gonna use my Tama drums, you know? So I kind of just have to do what the producer or engineer wants to do or what the band wants to do. And uh that's how it goes, man. That's just how the music industry is. And when you're in that kind of situation anyway. Um, but it's a weird situation to be in, I guess, because, you know, for me, I guess there are probably a lot of session guys who would never think twice about it because, you know, they don't use social media a lot or they don't, you know, uh, they don't really care. They just go in, do a gig, do a session and then leave. But for me, it's like social media and being able to post pictures of stuff I'm using. You know, I've always been pretty active with that stuff historically. And, you know, so to me to not be able to post about an album tracking that I did is a bummer because like I would like to be able to. And I think people also are curious as to what I use or used on a given album. But, you know, I'm not going to do that out of respect to Tama. Um, I'll talk about it here, but, you know, just know that it was totally out of my control Um, but yeah, so we used a Gretsch 24 inch kick. It was some super old, I don't know what it was. It was from like the early two thousands or late nineties. Mark has a bunch of kind of vintage drums, not, not super vintage, but you know, older than modern drums anyway. Um, we did try a variety of different toms and we were very close to using my star classic maple toms. Um, but ultimately Mark ended up really liking the sound of his Gretsch, toms um specifically for this album and uh you know at that point you know i wasn't gonna fight him on it i already knew i wouldn't be able to post you know content from the studio because of the gear and all that so whatever um the only bummer to me in using those toms i mean they sounded great but the only bummer to me was that it made my job even harder because they were deep as hell like the 12 was like uh, like a 12 by 9 or 12 by 10 and uh, that's a deep tom to put over a 24-inch bass drum when you're used to playing a 20-inch bass drum with, like, super shallow Tama hyperdrive tom sizes, you know? Like, my 12-inch tom, what the hell is it? It's a it's a 12 by 7. Right now I'm playing at home. I'm looking at my kit. I have a 12 by 7 over a 20-inch kick, you know, so I can get it nice and low and comfortable, but all of a sudden I had to play on this huge... Um, very high up toms. So that, that all made it challenging, but, uh, in the end it was sick. So, you know, whatever. Um, he did not have a 14 inch floor Tom in that kit. So we did use my star classic maple 14 inch floor Tom, um, which went really well with everything. So the setup was 10, 12 Gretsch Toms, 14 star classic maple on the left, uh, 16, 16 by 16, uh, Gretsch floor Tom on the right. And far left uh, to my 14-inch floor tom, I had an 18-inch, 18 by 16. That was also a Gretsch, Gretsch tom. And then uh, the Tama Bell Brass original snare. And that was uh, the drum setup. We used a variety of cymbals, um, mostly minor. And then in the end, Mark had me use like a couple Zildjans he had. And um, 
again, this was totally out of my control, guys. So don't uh, don't get mad at me. You know, I hope Minel never hears this or gets offended by it. But you know, I think it's important for everyone to understand that, like, if you want to know what I used in this particular situation, like, I just can't. Uh, you know, I I can't post about it. I'm not ever going to post photos of it, but um, I can talk about it here. But, you know, it was out of my control, guys. Um, in the end, I, you know, I'm happy with how everything sounded, but um, there are definitely a few symbols that I was kind of like, I don't really want to use that, but Mark wanted to, so whatever. We All the important stuff to me we used uh, was stuff I liked. We used 15-inch Byzance traditional hi-hats and uh my favorite ride which seems to win everyone over it's too bad they don't make it anymore but uh minel 20 inch mb20 uh heavy bell ride i that's probably the ride i've used in the vast majority of of my drum videos that or the 22 which uh i don't really i don't have anymore it it's cracked <laughs> if you can believe it i didn't crack it from hitting it i think it got messed up when i was flying somewhere in a hard case once but Anyway, I digress. Uh, that was the Whitechapel album, and I had a blast. I had a great time tracking with Mark. Definitely got pretty frustrated a few times, um, but for the most part, it was all smooth sailing. And once we got started, it was good, and uh, everyone had a good time. And uh, I was, yeah, I was stoked. Um, I'm just, it's very meaningful to me to get to do an album with them and to be working with them because I've been a fan of, of the band for a very long time. And, uh, yeah, so it just, it has a lot of meaning for me personally, and I'm, I'm super proud of it. Uh, I've heard all the songs, you know, with vocals and stuff. Now we haven't heard any rough mixes or anything yet. Um, but I cannot wait to hear it and I can't wait for everyone out there to hear it as well. Um, so I was down there for a few weeks and then I came home. It was Christmas. By the way, I hope everyone had a lovely Christmas and New Year's. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much brings us to now, I guess. Um, after I got home, I got busy rehearsing some stuff. I just recorded some new drum videos, long overdue. Um, I wanted to do some last month, but I really didn't. Uh, I was so focused on preparing all the material for... Um, the Whitechapel album. And in general, I've also been trying to figure out what I'm going to do about my living arrangement um, in the coming months or in the coming year. Uh, hopefully months. Hopefully it doesn't take me much longer than that. Um, and so I've, I've kind of been spending most of my free time doing that and uh, looking online at houses or going to see houses physically. So I definitely uh, haven't posted a drum video as as recently as I would have liked to, but good news is that I have some new ones uh, done. Um, I have one semi-new one. I did it a couple months ago um, that I'm going to post this week, and then the week after I'll post one of these newer ones. And I have a bunch of other ones that I'm going to try to do in the next week or two and trying to get back on posting more regularly again. Um starting from, you know, this week onward, basically. Um, so I've been doing that. And then Anoop and I are going to get back together uh, in late January and start recording a second sample pack for our company, RS Drums. So uh, that's all good. That's pretty much been my last month and a half. I mean, 
you know, there was other stuff, obviously, but that was the bulk of it. I got my, uh, my nephew, my sister's son, who is currently like eight or nine months old. I got him a LeBron James onesie, LeBron James baby onesie <laughs> for uh, Christmas. And yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, one of the really interesting things that I didn't expect. So if you've listened to some of my older episodes, I've, I've been talking about, you know, moving and buying a house in the coming months and, and all that. And then because of the holiday season and doing the Whitechapel album, I kind of had to put my search on hold temporarily, but I had kind of ultimately already decided that I was going to stay in the greater Maryland area. And I had considered moving down to Tennessee before, but ultimately, you know, I have so many uh, family, extended family up here in Maryland and a lot of old friends and that kind of thing. So I was kind of like, I don't want to leave this area, but I don't know, man, I went down on this trip. I was just like, I had such a good time in Tennessee and I don't know, man, it was just like, I've always felt, you know, like a strong connection with all the Whitechapel guys, but there was something about this trip and just the camaraderie and hanging out with everyone and being around all of them and, and everything. And I was just like, man, I really like it down here. You know, I do. And, uh, it's kind of made me, um, I'm feeling pretty confident that I'm going to end up moving to Tennessee, um, in the coming months, buying a house down there. I'm not sure exactly where, um, ideally, you know, the greater Knoxville area because it's more affordable. Um, but I think I'm, I'm supposed to go back down in an, like a week's time. I would go right now, honestly, but I, um, basically, you know, I had this approval for this loan, uh, but it, I talked to the lender yesterday and apparently like it wouldn't work in Tennessee. So I have to like reapply for a loan through a different lender and like all that shit. Goddamn. There's buying a house and, and everything about it is stressful. But, uh, before I can really look at homes, um, which I'm going to be doing with uh, Gabe's wife. Gabe is the bass player in Whitechapel, and his wife is a real estate agent, which is badass. So she's going to take me around some properties down there. Um, but I can't really even do that until I have at least a pre-approval for a loan um, in that area. You know, So I've looked at houses around here, but my loan wouldn't work there, apparently. I really don't even know why. I don't know how all that shit works. Uh, but yeah, so... I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really liking the idea of living down there. The other thing about living there versus here is that, you know, I love Maryland. I really do. I mean, y'all know I have mad Maryland pride. You know, if you've ever seen the foot cam in my drum video and, and drum videos and wondered what the outline on my left calf is, that's the state of Maryland. You know, I, I love the Maryland flag. I was born and raised here. Uh, I think it's a great place, but holy shit. Parts of it are fucking expensive and Frederick is one of them and it's become more and more expensive. And even if I look at houses in the surrounding areas that are a bit cheaper and then I look at houses in a similar price range in the greater Knoxville area, I mean, it's insane how much better and, and or bigger 
or whatever the houses down there are. Um, I mean, it's just such a more affordable area and thinking realistically, you know, about the fact that I'm, you know, I'm 29 now and, you know, I mean, I do okay, but I'm still a musician, you know, it's still a tough career pathway. It's not like I'm raking in millions of dollars by any means, you know, like I can spend the same amount that I was hoping to spend down there and get a much better quality home, um, or spend a little bit less and still get a nice home. And, uh, that's very appealing. You know, I, I don't want to be stressed out every month trying to pay my mortgage, you know? So, you know, I'm definitely thinking that it's a good move and it's not too far from here. It's like seven or eight hours. And, um, you know, I also kind of like, I just like the idea of, of living somewhere else. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be forever. Who knows? But, you know, if I get a place and put some work into it over time and maybe resell it someday, you know, I can hopefully sell it at a profit and move somewhere else if I wanted. But I don't know, you know, I, I think I'm ready to try a different area for the first time in my life. And uh, I don't know. So I'm definitely into that. Either Knoxville or uh, I was staying in Hendersonville when I was uh, recording. That's where Mark lives. And I was staying at Mark Lewis's home. And I really like that area too. It's really nice. I'd imagine it's a bit more expensive, um, but it's about 20, 25 minutes from like downtown Nashville. Um, and that's another thing about Tennessee is whether I live in that area or in the greater Knoxville area, I'm a lot closer to Nashville. And although I don't really think I'll ever be like a country session artist or anything, you know, living in a city that is so music oriented, you know, kind of a lot, a lot of, uh, potential opportunities even if it's just you know i don't know doing something with minel here and there because minel usa the company i endorse for symbols is based in nashville so in fact i stopped by there uh while i was while i was down there i went and saw my rep chris brewer shout out to you chris much love uh borrowed some minel symbols to try out and uh i always love seeing chris anyway you know i've known him over 10 years now and uh yeah so there's just a lot a lot that I could do in, in that area. So whether I live, you know, 25 minutes from there or, you know, a few hours away in, in Knoxville. So, uh, that's definitely a thing. And I'm definitely going to be going back down. Uh, as soon as I get this loan thing worked out, I'm going to go and look at some properties with Karina and who knows, maybe I'll find the house of my dreams, you know, the day after I get there and that'll be that, but, uh, I'll surely keep you all updated. Uh, in the meantime, you know, I'm trying to get some more content done, uh, some more drum videos so I can be posting and, and that kind of thing throughout the whole time I'm moving whenever that happens. Um, and speaking of, you know, I got an email. Let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, okay. This is an email from Cademan. C-A-E-D-M-O-N, Cademan, I think, Cademan Cooper. He wrote to me, this was from a while ago. It was like the last day of November and then I didn't do a podcast episode for ages. But he wrote to me, he said, hey, Rudy, hope you, this email finds you well. I had a question for your podcast recording regarding your current situation with trying to find a new house to move into. What you describe when you're talking about moving sounds like a dream being secluded and able to drum and practice at any point in the day sounds like every drummer's, every drummer's dream. 
My question is, does the thought of moving further away from your local connections and venues bother you at all? Or is that a scenario that doesn't bring up many issues for you? Um, so, and I remember when he asked that, I was kind of confused at first, but then I kind of understood what he meant. Um, and I ended up emailing with him to clarify, but, uh, and I had a couple other people ask this as well. Just, you know, if I buy a home that's in a kind of more rural area, kind of secluded or out in the cut, so to speak, uh, which is what I want, you know, even if I move into Na uh, to Knoxville, I don't want to live in like downtown Knoxville. I want to live, you know, kind of in an area where my home is, you know, far enough away from any other house that I can play drums whenever, even if my drum room is on the main floor of, of my home or whatever. Um, and yeah, I mean, to answer your question, uh, Mr. Cooper and to anyone else that has wondered it, it stresses me out a bit, I guess, to think that I live, would live further away from people I know. But, you know, if I, if I end up moving to Tennessee, I would be, uh, you know, within a 20 to 30 minute drive, I would be around a lot of people I do know. And thinking about it here, you know, where I live and where I grew up in Frederick, Maryland, I'm about an hour away from any major venue in terms of shows. Um, so anytime I wanted to see a show growing up, I would either go to Baltimore, DC, or uh, there was a club in Virginia, in Springfield, Virginia, called Jack's Nightclub that became an, another venue called Empire. Uh, now it's closed altogether, but I used to go to shows there a lot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so that's not something I ever worry about. Also, to be totally honest, I don't ever go to shows anymore. The only time I go to shows is A, if it's a band like I really want to see, like I have to really like the band to go see them live. Or two, if I have friends in bands that are playing somewhere, I'll go mainly just to hang out with them, you know, people that I met on tour and that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't, you know, I think one of the things he was asking in his email was, I think, kind of uh, in terms of making connections as a working musician, um, you know, obviously if I move to Nashville or to Tennessee in general, um, there are still a lot of potential opportunities because of Nashville being so close. But even if I didn't, even if I stayed somewhere here and it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, it doesn't, I, I never really made significant opportunities or connections from just going to shows. You know, I mean, it's 2021 y'all like, uh, it's not to say you can't meet someone that could really, help your career in person, but the internet guys, you know, I, I think, you know, if you are active online and, and do stuff and post stuff and, um, you know, put yourself out there or try to audition from bands. I can't remember if I've talked about that or not, but you know, back in the day when I was first starting out, um, I used to audition for bands constantly. I would, when I was 16 and 17 years old, there are like four or five metal news sites that I would check up regularly. Lamb Goat, SMN News, Metal Sucks, Blabbermouth, and a handful of others. And even if I saw, I'm pretty sure I have mentioned this, but even if I saw one that just said X and such a band has parted ways with their drummer and it didn't say anything about them, you know, holding an audition or anything, even if it just said they had parted ways with their drummer, 
I would just learn one of their songs, record a video, send it to them privately or in a private message or email or whatever I could find and just be like, hey, you know, if it was an actual audition, I would be like, here's my audition video. But if it wasn't, I would just say, hey, I don't know if you guys are looking for a drummer, but I saw that you parted ways with that drummer. Here's a video of me playing one of your songs. Um, you know, let me know if you're ever looking. I would love to to tour with you or work with you guys. And ultimately, that's how I got the first gig I ever got uh, with Threat Signal. Um, I saw that they had parted ways with their drummer and they said that they were in some like, I think it was like a lamb goat article or something. They were like, we're looking for uh, someone to do this upcoming European tour with us. And I saw that and I was like, all right. And I started learning a song and I sent it to him like two days later. And uh, then they asked me to make a couple more videos and I did. And the next thing I knew I was on my first tour in Europe. So, you know, that's for me, I, I I've always gone about doing things online. So to answer, uh, uh, Mr. Cooper's question there, if that's what he was talking about. I, I don't really worry so much about that because, you know, um, I never really considered going to shows like a real legitimate way of like trying to connect with people and, and make opportunities. Um, I kind of did all of that online. Um, but in terms of being secluded and kind of being lonely and that kind of thing, the thought has definitely crossed my mind, um, but I spend, I mean, even now, you know, like, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I hardly leave my house right now. I mean, I go to the grocery store and stuff, and I go get food sometimes, but, you know, Maryland is reopening in general, or it has been reopened, at least in a limited capacity, but I also, you know because I technically live at this house, I have my own space, but I live at this house with my mother and she's in her sixties. And I would love more than anything in the goddamn world to be able to go to the gym again. But I know people now that have gotten COVID and struggled with it or died from it. And I am not about to go, you know, I think I would be fine, but I'm not about to go somewhere that would give me COVID and, and potentially pass it on to my mother. Um, because she's in an age range that could affect more. So until I can get the vaccine, which hopefully will be soon, I mean, it's out now, it's just limited, especially in Maryland. But, you know, anyway, I guess even before COVID, I, I kept to myself a lot. Um, I can't really remember how much of that I've talked about, but I used to be super extroverted and somewhere in 2017, 2018, that all changed. And uh, I got really introverted and then this year kind of just pushed it even more in that direction. And uh, it's not to say that I dislike being around people, but I also do pretty well on my own. And uh, I don't know, you know, that doesn't mean I think I want to be totally alone forever. I'd love to have a meaningful relationship. I'm currently single. But, you know, I guess I don't really worry about that too much for moving. Um, and I guess to answer your question, Mr. Cooper... I like that I'm calling you Mr. Cooper. I'm really doing that because, to be honest, I don't want to butcher your first name too much. And even though I think it's Cademan, Cademan, I'm afraid that I'm saying it wrong, so I don't want to repeatedly say it wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't think it would bother me much. And I also don't want to live so far away that it would take me, like, two hours to go see a friend, you know? 
Um, but living out in the middle of nowhere to an extent so I can drum is, is important to me for sure. You know, 15, 20 minute drive to get to a store or something to me is not that bad. And, uh, past that, I don't really worry too much about it. Um, oh shit, that reminds me. I wanted to tell y'all just cause I want you to imagine this. Um, by the way, this particular episode of this podcast is, I guess, just me updating you guys. Uh, I do have a few like kind of lifey life topics that I kind of want to get really heavy into, but I figured I would just do a quick episode telling you all about what I've been up to since it had been a minute. Um, so twice in the last month, I have been laying in my bed and I turn off the lights. I have Netflix on. Usually I'm not going to lie. I fall asleep a lot of the time to old standups that I've seen a million times, like Dave Chappelle standups or Bill Burr or whatever. And I was laying there on my phone. Netflix was on, on the other side of the room past that. It was totally dark. And out of nowhere, I just see something flying around and it was a fucking bat dude a fucking bat just in my fucking room holy shit the first time it happened i lost my shit and this did happen one other time many 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 years ago and when that happened i was like fuck this uh i ran upstairs and i was like i'm not gonna sleep in a room with a bat flying around so i just like slept on the couch or some shit and uh i i think i slept upstairs for a few days and i never found that bat um, it happened one other time, even earlier than that, when I was really young and a friend of mine came over and caught it <laughs> for me. Um, cause he had like experience doing it or some shit. This kid, Connor, I, I grew up with another Connor Elif. Shout out to you. I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but another Frederick homie. Um, so anyway, after it happened like four or five years ago, my mom was like, I'm getting you a fucking net. And I was like, uh, okay, I don't think I'll ever use it, but sure. You know, cause at this point I kind of thought it was just like an anomaly and that, um, it probably wouldn't really happen again. But in that moment, yo, I fucking popped up and I remembered, holy shit, like five years ago, my mom bought me this net and I ran into the storage room and I found it and I was like, all right. So then this is like, keep in mind, I stayed up late as shit. So it's like four in the morning. I'm in my underwear holding a fucking net. And I was just like, okay, I'm got, I got to get this fucking bat, dude. And I did. I, I, I was fucking terrified just because, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really terrified of a bat, but like my mom's always like said, bats can have rabies, which is true and shit like that. You know, they can definitely be massive carriers of disease. So, you know, you don't want to get fucking bitten by a rabid bat, you know, at four in the morning in your goddamn underwear watching stand-up comedy trying to fall asleep. Uh, so there I was, but I caught it in the net. He, uh, <laughs> I missed the first time and he kind of flew in circles and, uh, I, but I got him and I think the first time it happened, it happened again last night, which is why I'm bringing it up now. But, uh, the first time, you know, that bat, as soon as he was in the net, even though I think he could have figured out a way out of it by just flying straight up or something. I think that that little that little homie was so scared that you know, he just stopped moving and um you know, I managed to go upstairs and release the bat outside and he flew away. Uh and I felt really good. I was happy to save its life, you know, and get it the fuck out of my basement. I don't know where the fuck these things are coming from though. Like there are no openings 
anywhere down here. Like I live in a basement, but like everything's sealed off or closed off. I don't know where these motherfuckers are coming from. I guess they're tiny though. Like I'd imagine they can slip through like the like the smallest little crevice somewhere and just get inside, you know, but then they get inside and it's like, they don't want to be inside. Like they just came in somehow because it was warm or uh, who knows. And then they're just like shit and they don't know how to get back out. Uh, but it happened last night again. And I don't, I gotta, I either gotta move ASAP or I gotta fucking figure out how the hell they're getting in. Cause I can't be doing this shit where I like, it also stresses me out. Cause like, usually I'm laying in bed in the dark on my phone or watching something for like, you know, at least 15 or 20 minutes before I pass out. That's like whatever, that's like my nighttime ritual, I guess. But I don't know. Like, what if I go and I fall asleep before the bat starts flying around? Like, sh I wonder if that's happened. And then I've just been sleeping in a room with a fucking bat flying around and didn't know it. I guess ignorance is bliss at that point, but holy shit, it was fucking stressful. So it happened again. I hopped up in this bat, like, I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure I heard it, not intentionally, but it was freaking out. This bat was nothing like the other one, uh, which made me think later, like, it's a really good thing I got it out because, you know, maybe it was rabbit or something. Who knows? So I caught it in the net pretty easily, but this little homie was, like, fucking freaking the fuck out, dude. Like, he he was trying to get out of the net and I was just like, holy shit, dude, I don't want this bat to start flying around right in front of me. Got him in this fucking net and I didn't have anything else around me. Keep in mind again, I'm in my goddamn underwear. It's like almost four in the morning. And, uh, the closest thing I could grab was a 12 inch Minol classics, custom trash splash. It was like on the floor over by where this bat was. Um, and I was like, oh shit, this is like kind of behind my drum kit to give you a visual of what I, where I was, uh, in my drum videos. If you look at my drum videos, the orange carpeting on the walls behind me, uh, to the left of it. So like on the side of my 16 inch floor, Tom, so my right, you're all's left that part of the room. That's where this bat was flying around. And I was like, holy shit. So this motherfucker was trying to get out and I like put the symbol kind of in the top part of the net, trying to like get him to stop like trying to escape but then he's still trying to wiggle around the symbol so i kind of had to like press pr pretty hard you know because i didn't want him to fucking fly out um and then i ran the hell upstairs and let him go but oh man he was making the creepiest little noises too like little bat noises fuck man there's a lewis ck stand up an old one where he talks about bats and he's like a fucking asshole bat like they just look like somebody. And then there's one of my favorite jokes. The first time I heard it, he just, I cracked up is which standup is that? I think that might be his first one. Uh, hilarious or no, maybe it's, I think it's the one he did after that, but he's like, I'm sure there's something about bats. We're like, you know, don't you know, bats make all the French toast in the world or something. Like he's saying that, you know, there's always people that say like, yeah, but bats are good for X, Y, and Z. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Bats suck. And I felt that very much in that moment. I was just like, fuck, dude. I can't do this bat shit, man. So anyway, I was the Batman last night, guys. I got down there and got another bat out of my house. Ain't trying to have that shit go on anymore. But uh, I don't know. I've been like falling asleep when I, when I get in bed now. Once I turn off the light, I like am looking all around my room. Because that happened way too often in a row for it to like 
there has to be some place they're crawling in. So if there are any bat a- experts out there, feel free to live, uh, lend me your thoughts on what the hell I should do to try and get bats out or where they might be coming in from. Um, cause I have no idea anyway. So that was a thing. Um, what the hell else was I even going to talk about? I don't know. I did have one other, uh, one of the guys that, uh, is on my Patreon wrote me, um, his name is Ole, and he was saying it would be cool to do a, uh, a rant where I just kind of talk about 2020 now that it's 2021 and, uh, talk about what I thought of the year. And I thought that was a good idea. Um, it's a pretty light topic, so I don't have to get too heavy here in the last however long. Uh, it is late after all. It's like 2.30 in the morning. But, uh, and it was kind of an interesting question to be asked just because I guess, you know, I don't normally actively reflect on a whole year at any specific time. But yeah, thinking back on 2020, it sucked ass. I hated it. I hated this whole fucking year. Um, well, I guess I didn't hate the whole thing. It started off really good, actually. I uh, January, February, I was busy. I, in January, I flew out to L.A. This time last year, and I tracked drums for an album that I still can't tell you guys what it is. Uh, it should have been out already, but because of COVID, they've put it off. And But I did that album. I was super stoked about it. And then a couple weeks later, I went to Drumeo. And that was awesome. I was supposed to come home for a couple weeks and then go straight back out on tour for like two and a half months or some shit. Um, so it was going to be a great year. And then, you know, COVID happened right when I was doing Drumeo, basically. And pretty much from there on, I didn't enjoy it. But there were a few things that made it semi-enjoyable to me. For one, um, I kind of discovered this immense enjoyment uh, making electronic music. Um, you know, I have this electronic EP. It is available now. It's on iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff, but uh, I haven't really posted about it because, I don't know, I'm super self-critical, as I've mentioned, and I kind of hate it now. Like, I'm making... I've I've started writing at least four other songs, and I just think they're way better. They're way more like what I had in mind. I wanted to write, like, super dark synthwave shit, and instead what I wrote ended up being, like, it's cool, some of it, but, I, you know, I mean, I'm biased for one, but two, I think it is, you know, semi-cool, but it sounds more like video game music and stuff. That's what everyone told me anyway, and I agree. And I like it, but I'm way more into the newer stuff I've been working on, and I actually, you know... Basically, about the time that I started figuring out, like, how to achieve the sound from a given synthesizer or something uh, that I hear in my head, you know, I'd already finished writing those songs that are on that EP. But I do have an EP out. It's uh, called Detached, and it's on, like, Spotify and iTunes and all that. Um, The artist name is just Rudy, I'm pretty sure, R-U-D-I. So anyone can go check it out if you want. Uh, But I'm really glad to have found that outlet because I really enjoy it. Um, I really, really have a good time fucking around with electronic music and having that melodic outlet. And honestly, I don't know if I would have ever found that outlet had it not been for 2020 because, you know, I had all this extra free time at one point where not only did I not 
know when I was going to be doing anything. I didn't have a ton to do in that, in those moments, you know, I was, and I was kind of like depressed too, and didn't really feel like doing much because I, you know, I, I was so excited. 2018 and 2019 were so good and busy with Whitechapel. And I was so excited to continue that in 2020, um, that, you know, I, I was just really disappointed by it all. So it was a really great outlet, musical outlet to be able to fuck around with that electronic music because, you know, it didn't require an immense amount of, uh, mental or physical energy. I could just sit at my desk and, you know, drink water or whatever and, and chill and mess around and come up with cool stuff. So I really enjoyed that. And that was a lovely thing to come out of this year. Um, I don't know, man, past that though. <laughs> Shit. Well, doing the Whitechapel album also was great. That was another huge uh, bonus thing for me this year. Or not even bonus, just good thing. Um, and to be totally honest, like I knew we were going to do it at some point, but I don't know. You know, we had talked about it, and then I really, I, a while went on where I hadn't really talked to them, and I didn't know how far along they were. And then one day, randomly, they were like, all right, we're going to send you like eight song skeletons or whatever. And I was like, Oh shit, tight. So then all of a sudden I had tons of stuff to work on. And, uh, that kind of like, I don't want to say it like saved me cause I wasn't like in that bad of a mental place, but it definitely, uh, re-energized me. It made me excited to have something that I felt was meaningful to work on again. You know, my whole life, the last 10 years have been like, all right, preparing for this tour. All right. Preparing for this album making this video, making that instructional thing, whatever, you know? And then all of a sudden it was just like, I didn't have any goals that needed to be done. And I mean, I've always been good at kind of like creating goals for myself, but I don't know, so much happened in 2020 that I didn't want to happen that I just got depressed for a while. And, you know, I was like, didn't really want to post online for a while. And I've started posting again, but uh, still less than I was, I guess. Um, I guess I kind of haven't as much lately. Just I have, but I've been trying to create some new content like drum videos and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, in general, I just was like, man, what the fuck am I even doing this year? So, you know, getting the, uh, material for the new Whitechapel album and actually being able to start uh, writing for it and working on it and taking a few trips down to Tennessee. Um, you know, all that stuff really kept me sane. I don't know what I would have done had it not been for, for that stuff. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. I launched, uh, launched my Patreon and that's done really well. Um, and I've enjoyed doing it. Uh, and huge thanks to everyone that has supported me, you know, with it, especially right now. I mean, 2020 is everyone's struggling, man. Like, I'm not alone here. Everyone's having a hard time financially or they're not able to work in the way they would normally. So really, I mean, I appreciate everyone that uh, contributes to that in whatever capacity. And yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. My nephew was born. My sister's uh, the first kid in my family, really, like out of all my cousins and stuff on on that side of the family. Um, you know, and I, and my, I only have one sibling, my older sister, she's three years older than I am. Um, so I'm an uncle, you know, for the first time in my life. And that was very exciting to see. And, uh, you know, 
He said his first word the other day. I don't know if he knows he said a word. I guess no baby ever does, right? Whatever. He said mama. And he's really young. I was like, doesn't that seem like he's really young to be saying anything? But I guess my mom and my sister made a point to say mama to him a lot. <laughs> um, so maybe that's why he said it. But it was really adorable. Um, but yeah, I mean, past that, though, guys, I don't know. This year sucked. I mean, there have been other little things that were good. Like, I loved that conversation I had with Dirk Viburen. That was lovely. Loved seeing all the White Chapel guys. Um, you know, me and Anoop launched our RS Drums thing, which has been doing pretty good. Uh, we're really excited to make the next instrument. Um, you know, it's not that I'm unhappy with Inso, because I do think it's good, but I just think we could do so much better now. I mean, we, you know, we started that business uh, a few years ago, but we didn't launch it until this past November. In other words, we recorded all those samples like a few years back now. And a lot of it was like learning, you know, on the fly, kind of like, you know, figuring out or deciding in the moment what we liked best or what we didn't like best. And, you know, neither of us had ever, I, I had done sample libraries before where I take samples for a company. I've been hired to do that. Um, but, you know, like go to a studio and literally just sample drums all day. But I, I don't know, it was different. You know, we, we took the samples and then we had all kinds of, you know, things to figure out with like, you know, getting the software written, how to set up a business and all this stuff like that we hadn't done before, neither of us. So, um, you know, from the time we actually took those samples to when they actually got put out was like three years or something. So, you know, by the time they were actually out, I was like, man, I feel like Anoop and I could just do so much better now. It's not to say that they're bad, but I just think that the next one's going to be monumentally better. Um, so we're excited and, and it won't take as long. That's the other thing. You know, we have like the script and everything for the software. And I mean, we'll, we'll probably ultimately make some changes, but you know, the, the core of it will be there and we, we know a lot more about everything now. So we're just really excited to do the next one. The next one, we also did way too much in the first one. We, we essentially sampled like every drum him and I own <laughs> and you know, there are some great sounding drums, but for every great sounding drums, there's like a couple that are like, eh, yeah, it sounds good, but it's not like phenomenal, you know? So the next one, we're going to kind of cut it back a bit and do less. Um, uh, what is it? What is that term? Less quantity and more quality. And again, I don't want to bash my own company's software. I think it's great, but I just think we could do so much better now. And I think we don't need to do quite as much uh, to still kind of meet everyone's needs. So, um, I think the next kit we're going to do and kind of make it like the flagship kit of, uh, the next instrument will be my star classic maple. Um, because I have a, I have a lot of drums for that kit that I haven't even, you know, used in videos, but I have like an eight inch Tom for it. I have a 13 inch Tom for it in full. It's eight, 10, 12, 13, 14, 16, 18, 22 by 16. Um, and I think we're going to do a couple different sets of heads for one kit. Um, potentially at least, um, different multiple microphones and that sort of thing. And really just spend an absorbent amount of time, uh, making it sound fucking sick. Um, and then we might have a couple kick options and a couple snare options, but I think that's going to be the main kit we do next. And, uh, we've been talking all about it and planning it out. Um, but 
yeah, so I, but it's still cool. That's a cool thing that happened in 2020, getting to finally launch that business and plan even more. So it hasn't been a totally shit year, guys, but for the most part, it's been a shit year, let's be honest. Uh, not to mention, you know, we have a fucking dude that was running the country that's been, I mean, even now, I mean, for the love of God, like yesterday, he basically, you know, tried to like fraudulently convince the governor of Georgia to like, or the senator, whoever the fuck, I can't remember, to, like, find votes that don't exist. I mean, the dude is fucking crazy, dude. So just, like, I don't know. Like, the state of the country's politics is enough to have made this year suck, you know? It was just embarrassing. I mean, shit, dude. Every time I went to Europe in the last couple of years, you know, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to be American abroad, while Donald Trump was president. And I'm sorry to anyone listening, if you're a, a Trump supporter, I doubt that that many people that are listening are, but, you know, the rest of the world has been laughing at us for four years, and I felt it. You know, as soon as I would speak, you know, and they would hear my accent, an American accent, and they would ask me where I was from and, you know, be like, did you vote for him and shit like that? And it's just like, Dude, I didn't vote this buffoon into office. Like, I don't know, man. Just some of the shit that he said. I'm, I'm so glad. Um, well, I mean, I guess technically right now the Senate and the House are like, you know, voting to confirm the Electoral College or whatever. And some of them were going to like veto it or whatever the hell. I don't know all the political terms, y'alls. But I don't think that that'll hold up. You know, I think despite who you support, I mean, I, I think Biden won the election fair and square i mean i i voted for him but even if i hadn't and i had voted for someone else you know i still would say like yeah he won legitimately um so i don't know what all this shit is about but um and it looked like today that uh i can't rem i haven't checked actually let's see hold on senate georgia's god damn it runoff election results yeah there it is okay so I guess uh, the Democrats now control the Senate as well. It's pretty crazy. Um, in the Senate runoff in the in Georgia, uh, both the Democratic candidates won. And that's, I, I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone, but I think that means that Democrats control the Senate, the House, and the presidency, which uh, is pr pretty insane. But, so I guess that's all kind of cool, like, the thing is, I never really cared about politics. I consider myself more liberal, but in the end, I don't really care. Uh, I just really disliked Trump and and didn't like him being president, and especially this year and how he managed the pandemic. And I mean, there's been a lot of death this year, uh, a lot of social issues, and you know, it's definitely things that have opened up my eyes and other people's eyes, you know, to how many issues there really still are in this country and. That was very depressing, and that's one reason, um, another reason it hasn't been a great year. But, you know, at least it looks like there's some change coming in. Who knows if it'll pan out the way everyone hopes it will, but at least it's something new. And that leaves me a little bit optimistic to, you know, the coming year and months. And, you know, I hope 2021 will be better. Um, it's off to a little bit of a shaky start. I mean, some people goddamn stormed the Capitol today, which is like an hour from me, and someone got killed. So it's off to a bit of a strange start. 
Um, but I'm still optimistic. You know, I think um, it'll be better. I'm hoping the vaccine can come along quickly and, and hopefully before the end of 2021, hopefully, you know, I'll be able to go back on tour again. In the meantime, I'm going to try and uh, find a home and hopefully move. Uh, I'd like to move as soon as possible, honestly, because it would be nice to get moved somewhere and be able to like settle wherever I move before I have to, you know, up and go back on tour again. So I'm hoping to do that as soon as possible. I got a lot of video stuff planned, even for that, you know, like I want to do a series where I basically make like YouTube videos, um, showing me like building certain stuff for my drum room in whatever home I end up buying. Uh, I also did some other really nerdy shit in the last month or two. Um, I built this case for these things that I'm using that I can't really talk about yet. Cause I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to use them indefinitely. Um, that's as much as I'll say about that. But, uh, I built this case, like, dude, I did some nerdy shit. I like cut out the foam. I'd done it once before for, uh, what did I make that case for? I made one for a, a little Jody vac, which is like an in-ear monitor vacuum. It's basically a vacuum with a needle tip on it. Um, I made a custom case for that. And then I made one for my trick pedals and I basically did that again, but I did it way better and it turned out phenomenal. Um, so I was thinking about doing a video for that. Uh, I'm also in the process of making some new instructional videos for my Patreon and for my web store. Um, so yeah, I'm keeping busy. I got a lot planned in the coming months. Uh, there's a couple topics I'm going to do on the podcast in the coming weeks, uh, where I rant about some more specific things, but for now that was pretty much just a little update and checking in on y'all saying what's up, letting you know that I, uh, exist and I'm alive and the white chapel album's done. I'm stoked as hell about that. And yeah, 2021, we'll see what happens guys. Um, but Hey, I guess that was my recap to answer, uh, uh, Ol's email since he was asking me about that. But as usual, everyone, um, if you have anything you want to hear me rant about, hit me up. If there's anyone you'd really like specifically to hear me talk to, feel free to suggest that as well. I, I have my own list of people I want to have on to chat with, but, um, if there's anyone specifically, I definitely am going to do one with a noop too. Uh, which it's funny. I'm like, almost mildly anxious to do that. Not really, but like a noop when I'm with a noop, like it's the real me. Like I've known a noop since I was like 12 years old, you know, like a noop knows me better than almost anyone. And I am a fucking goofball with a noop. So like if you put a noop and I in a room, like trying to have a conversation, I'm just going to be like messing around the whole time. Uh, but that'll probably be fun for you guys. So, uh, I'm definitely going to have a noop on. I did ask him about it and, he said he was totally down. So, um, I was just going to maybe save that one for sometime later. Um, but yeah, so that's it guys. That's pretty much all I got going on. Um, stay tuned for some more new video posts. I'll be chatting more on my podcast soon. And, uh, yeah, I hope you guys are all doing good. I hope your 2021 is off to a phenomenal start. Uh, I hope you're all staying safe with the pandemic still. It's still out there. Shit's going on. So be safe. Uh, and yeah, like I said, I hope you had a good Christmas and Hanukkah as well, or Kwanzaa, whatever the hell you celebrate. I hope it was lit 
and I hope your New Year's was tight. So, you know, keep it posy, y'all. You know, we got we to gotta do better this year than we did last year. At least that's what I'm trying to do for myself. So until next time, everyone, uh, have a great evening, morning, or day, wherever you are. And I will talk to you soon. Peace out.